welcome back to the PhD to B podcast. My name is Dallas, and I'm here with my co-host Natalie. Hi, everyone. Um, on today's episode, we're going to discuss what to do when you decide to go to grad school. Um, on our last episode, Natalie and I talked about why we decided to come to grad school. Um, professors who inspired us to come to grad school, what we study, um, and stuff like that. So this time we are going to move forward and talk about what you should do when you make the decision that yes, I do want to go to grad school. Yeah. So we're actually going to start with a, um, like, am I ready for grad school quiz? Um, now the source of this quiz isn't like the most like chronicle of higher education type of vibes but it asks some really great questions so we're gonna like go through it and see if we're ready for grad school uh and then we're gonna sort of like break down the questions and sort of see like what we can like offer advice on and we'll talk about things like picking a university making sure that they have your degree and then more like the nitty-gritty like applications and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. sort of our experiences with Mm -hmm. that are you ready Yeah. Do you want me to read the first question? Yeah, read the first question. So the first question is, do I have a clear understanding of what I want to do? The answer choices are A, yes, I'm pretty sure. B, somewhat. C, not really. And D, I don't know. So thinking about us when we were, or like thinking about applying, what Mm. would you have responded? Um, I would have responded A, yes, I'm pretty sure. What about you? Honestly, same. Yeah. Like, I feel like when I decided that I wanted to go to grad school, I was very adamant about, yeah, like, same. let's do this. Especially because I knew I wanted to be a professor. It was very clear um, that, yes, I did want to go to grad school. Yeah, so definitely we felt pretty good about it. So we're off to a good start. Okay. We want to do number two? Yeah, sure. Um, Does my ideal career require an advanced degree? A, yes, in most cases. B, sometimes. C, not usually. D, I'm not sure. So this one is probably one of the best questions that you can ask yourself Mm -hmm. if you're thinking about going to grad school because sometimes you don't need an advanced degree. Right. And if you don't need an advanced degree, don't put yourself through (laughs) the torture of getting an advanced degree. Right. Um, But for us, we had to answer yes yes in most cases we both want to still be college professors mm-hmm. and college professors at minimum at least have a master's degree right. even in community colleges yeah. usually it's a phd which we can obviously yeah. get into so awesome i'll read the next one okay question number three asks what are my plans for financing graduate school that's a good one because it's not enough for you to say yes i want to go mm-hmm the next question should be, can I afford it? And so Mm -hmm. uh, answer A says, I have already developed a financial plan. B, I don't have a finalized plan, but I have done some research into fellowships, scholarships, and loans. C, I I know it will be expensive. I don't know how to pay for it. And D, I haven't thought about finances at all. So what did you, thinking back to when you were in this position, what were you thinking? Which one of these answers? Um, I probably would say... B, I didn't have a finalized plan, <clears throat> but I did have a different path to grad school because I took a year off. Right. So I worked. So mm-hmm. I just started saving money from when I was working. So mm-hmm. I knew I would have time to figure out the financials later. But if you're going straight from undergrad to grad school, mm-hmm. that might be a different situation, especially if you're already... Um, especially if you already have student loans taken out, um, if you don't have a job because you can't, it's hard to balance school and work life. Like I told, I totally get it. Um, so I had, so because I had that, I had a little, I could be a little more flaky about my plan with the financials versus others who might not have that option. Yeah. And we can talk about the cost of graduate school in more detail a little bit later or maybe in another episode but i would agree i also did not have a finalized plan i did have an idea about like fellowships and or fellowships Mm -hmm. and scholarships and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but one of the points we'll talk about later we're gonna kind of go into that depending on the university that you're gonna be looking for so yeah same you Mm -hmm. and i so far we've got like the same responses i know (laughs) i'll do number uh four okay it asks Am I prepared for two to seven more years of schooling? 
A says absolutely. B says maybe. C, no way. <laughs> and D, I haven't thought about it. Um, I guess thinking about when we were in that position, I would have said maybe. What about you? Oh, I would have said A, absolutely. Really? Yeah, wow. I was really like... Um, excited to go back to school (laughs) well and i I think that that's so great um like a great sort of motivation but at the same time like i feel like i would have thought about like dang i'm gonna be how old when i graduate with my master's oh i'm gonna be how old when i graduate my phd and i think that gets in the way of a lot of people yeah that's definitely something to consider as well um but yeah for me at the time i was just like i don't care i'm going yeah like more school good for me whatever yeah. like it didn't bother me i love that do you want to do number five or number yeah. six yeah sure oh no it's oh, number, number five. five you're right yeah. yeah go ahead um how would i describe my time management skills a i always work ahead b i tend to manage my time well though there are times when i get off track c i'm a bit of a procrastinator and d what time management skills <laughs> What would you um, respond? So, what would you have responded back okay, in the day? Okay, so at the time that I was applying to grad school, I would have said either A or B. Um, okay. If I'm being realistic, probably more B. Um, mm-hmm. I, at that point, I was tending to get off track a little more. Yeah. But um, in the beginning of like my undergrad, I, I would have been an A person who got her work done ahead, but that is not how I uh ended my undergraduate career but um not that I was like a big time procrastinator but I still was having a little more like there were times or there were times when I did get off track a little more towards the end of it but I also again was working during my undergrad and I had like I think at one at any one point I was up to having like five jobs I did a lot of like outside babysitting I was doing getting paid to do ballet I was tutoring student athletes I was working with my mother at Allstate. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, I was cleaning the office at Allstate. Yeah. I was doing a lot. So yeah. there were times where I definitely was going to get off track towards the end. But in the beginning, uh, definitely more of a, I always work ahead. And when I was thinking about grad school, I thought I would be able to return to that. I'm always a, mm-hmm. a head person. Mm-hmm. But then, but then, but no. <laughs> Which, So yeah. I'll say B. I'll say B. I would agree with b and i think that this is such a good question how would i describe my time management skills because undergrad is not like graduate school no not at all and then Um, i don't i don't mean to interrupt but i also lived at home during undergrad which made a huge difference yeah Yeah, which we can talk about too when we talk about location and whatnot because there are a lot of factors that you can consider that can both support you and also not support you so yeah living at home frees up a lot of time Mm -hmm. it It really does does, despite the fact that I was working so much yeah I'm not having to worry about doing laundry or cooking dinner yeah um or cleaning yeah you know that my parents were kind of taking care of that for me and they said as long as you're in school like we'll you don't have to worry about all this stuff like we'll handle it and then when I did get to my MA program um being like oh I have to take care of myself now <laughs> right right this is a big it was a hard um yeah. transition truthfully yeah. and it probably wouldn't have been a hard transition from like living at home to living on my own had I not gone to grad school but right. when you're faced with like oh I have to clean I have to cook I have to do laundry mm-hmm. and then on top of that you have all the work that's required of you for grad school it is hard to find that balance it really is so yeah, yeah time management is just drastically different if you are a grad student and you're like living on your own Mm -hmm. um which i think we can talk about later as well but yeah that's time management is just it's key um do you want to do number six yeah we're oh wait is that it that's it oh i have um a whole nother oh do you am i like i can read oh i didn't realize it was on the other side okay i'm sorry (laughs) you're fine go ahead Uh, number six does the field I want to go into or the program I am interested in prefer work experience before getting an advanced degree? This is a good question. It is. This is really good. Which yeah. will, yeah. Yeah. So that so we have A, yes, and I do have experience, or no, people tend to go straight from undergrad to graduate school in my field. 
B. It's preferred, but I don't have experience. C. It is required, but I don't have experience. And D. I'm not sure. So, because we were on the same track at one point, we were both Mm -hmm. doing literature. Yeah. This one is an interesting question. I don't know if we can necessarily answer it, like, to a T with what's here. I would probably say it's preferred yeah but i didn't have any experience right going into grad school with anything that i would have been wanting to do career wise right um i think the most applicable thing i was able to put on my cv as far as experience was tutoring student athletes exactly yeah that's a great Um, example and i yeah that's probably the most the highest level of experience I had at the time. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have any experience yeah. um, with anything, teaching, literature, writing, none of that right. um, yeah. for various reasons. And um, that is something to consider though, like getting experience while you're in graduate school mm-hmm. um, and how you determine what university is going to give you that experience so that when you do go on the job market, that is going to have the impact. So Right, yeah. definitely. Which yeah. we'll talk about, I guess, we can kind of get into. I think for English, it probably isn't as big of a deal if you have experience or not because yeah. most of us are going to grad school with the idea of becoming professors in mind, I will say that. I think mm-hmm. there are probably yeah. some more practical application, more p- programs out there th- that would need more of like mm-hmm. a practical application. Um, that experience would be easier to get and also more beneficial. Maybe I'm thinking like um, like an MBA program. Yeah. Yep. Um, internships, stuff internships, like that. Internships, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, if you're in a science field, if you were, you know, if you did like a year of actually working out in the world, mm-hmm. being an engineer mm-hmm. and you want to go to grad school for engineering, yeah. like that looks great. Um, yeah. For English and probably I would guess other humanities, it's probably mm-hmm. a little different. Yeah. Um, I might be totally wrong, but <laughs> but yeah, but, but at the minimum though, yeah. for our degrees, it's definitely not re- not required. Mm-hmm. Um, like let's say you took a break, yeah, and you went to get experience. Like you wouldn't feel like you have to get that experience. Like I, yeah. after I graduated high school, not high school, um, undergrad, I went directly into grad school. Yeah, so there was no. I had no experience. Like, I literally had no yeah. teaching experience, no touring experience. Yeah. So. You went straight from being a student to being a student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I did take off a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the job I had was nothing related to mm-hmm. um, English. Like, nothing you would ever... Uh, it had nothing to do with English. I actually worked at a health food store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I worked in the kitchen, washing dishes, and worked my way up to management, and that's what I did. And that has absolutely nothing to do with English, writing, reading, uh, teaching. Yeah. Um, so unless... At least not directly. Not directly. Right. I mean, right. I could make a few connections, I suppose. But, um, right. but yeah. But yeah, that, has, that really didn't... Like, I wouldn't have put that on my CV, for example, because right. it didn't really apply. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... I got experience out in the world nonetheless. Yeah. It made me a more, it gave me a different perspective on people, on the world. Um, Taking a break. Taking a break was just also nice. Yeah. Uh, I... I know I I think Natalie and I both mentioned in the last episode, we both used to be really shy. Mm -hmm. It got me out of my... Working in the public actually like got me out of my little bubble and my little shy self. I would became more communicative with strangers and a little more warm towards people and um, things like that. So there's definitely, if you do get a job after undergrad and decide you want to take some time off, let me just say this, because I think I really needed to hear this and no one was doing this. All of my friends were either going to grad school, getting jobs, getting their like dream jobs straight out, going to law school, going to do whatever, um traveling all this fun stuff and i'm here i am working at you know sandra's health food store um which i loved i will say but there is nothing wrong with taking time off or even if you just never want to go back to school ever again there is nothing wrong with getting a job that seems lowly i guess i could say period 
it seemed like all my friends were getting their dream jobs and mm-hmm. things like that. And then here I am working at a, this little health food store. Yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. It gave me a lot of good experience. I still, when I go home, I work for them <laughs> occasionally, yeah. like just for funsies. Um, and I loved my boss at the store. I still love my boss at that store. Like, yeah, they love me. They take care of me. When I go home, they're like, hey, you want to come work? Yeah. I'm like, yep. They're like, hey, you want to go do whatever? Like, yeah. you want to come visit? You want to stay at the cabin? You want to go take the canoe out on the, <laughs> on the river? And yeah. I'm like... I'm not your child, but they treat me like their child yeah. sometimes. Yeah. But anyway. Just establishing just those relationships. The relationship yeah. was really, yeah. Like I still have such a good relationship mm-hmm. with them. The people that own the store I worked at will always be people that I love and admire. Mm-hmm. And if I ever, ever, God forbid, would need like another job, I know I could go to them and be like, I need a job. Yeah. And it'd be like, yep, we'll find something. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's just nothing wrong with working a job um, that you think is maybe a temporary job when it seems like everyone else is getting a job job yep. shall we say yeah that's great a great sorry advice. that was a tangent but no but she's right for anyone who needs to hear that she's right yeah <laughs> um question number eight asks have i researched the degree i want this is huge um some of the answer choices are yes just a little not really i don't know what degree i want yet um obviously research is going to be key and we're going to kind of dive into that in a Mm -hmm. second on looking for different sort of degree plans and different universities and what they offer um so in our position we probably said yes we have done research well i did i i I would say okay so what uh, let me ask you this first off i want to say we accidentally skipped number seven so we'll have to go (laughs) back and do that before i forget it's okay love that but for number eight, so what would you consider research for the degree? Like knowing which path to take. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Then in that case, I knew I wanted literature. Yeah. For me, it was looking at like looking at which schools right had professors who were doing stuff that I was yeah. interested yeah, in more so. So in that case, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. But I also didn't have as much, I didn't have as strong of an idea of what I wanted to do going into my MA program. Right. So I wasn't sure. So if if it sounded interesting, if it sounded like the work they were doing seemed like something I'd be interested in, then I would like make a note of it and be like, okay, yeah, this professor at blah, blah, blah institution is doing X, Y, Z. And I think I could, I would like to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And that gets even more uh, important to research when you're doing your PhD. Right. Definitely more important for the PhD. Masters, I think you can kind of be very sort of like... You can be a little broad. Overview, broad. Like you said, you can um, sort of know what you want to do. But then once you're in grad school, things change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we kind of... Are, you kind of simply just sort of broadly knew what we wanted mm-hmm. to do. And then we just kind of went for it which we can talk yeah. about why we chose the Hon- university honed it in honed yeah. it in later yeah yeah okay um, going back to seven yes yeah, my bad the question asks what are my motivations for going to grad school a says i know what i want to do and getting an advanced degree will help me achieve my goals b it might help me in achieving my career goals c i'm not ready to enter the workforce and d i don't know what else to do Okay, if you're picking C or D, that is a bad reason to go to grad school, in my opinion. Um, I would I would choose for myself, I would choose A, again, knowing I wanted to be a professor. This is the way to go. There was really no um, other motivation for going for me, and I just knew that that's what I wanted to do, um, like I talked about in the last episode. So for me, it's A. Um, but yeah, if you're if you just don't want to enter the workforce or you're just like not sure what to do, I wouldn't go to grad school. To me, you're wasting your time at that point. Um, and it, grad school is a lot harder than I think people think it's going to be. It's mm-hmm. not an extended version of your undergrad. Nope, not at so all. So you're getting yourself into, um, you're putting yourself in a little pickle there if you think that you're going to go to grad school and just have an extended college experience. Exactly. You're not. So what about you, Natalie? What would you no, have I'd, chosen? I would, I'd pick the same thing. I a? would pick the same okay. thing. I knew, like, I wanted to be a professor in English. Mm-hmm. That was my motivation to go to grad school. Right. Yeah. Do you want to okay. read question yeah. nine? Yeah, I'll read nine. How do I feel about the subject I'm going to study? A, I can't get enough of it. 
B. It's okay. C. It's pretty dull. Or D. I don't know what subject I'm going to study. Um, I guess I don't really like any of these answer choices. <laughs> well, I, I think- guess if I had to pick, I would pick A. Right. But I mean, let's be honest. Not everything is a is a. Some, I think I think there's some, certain aspects within what I study sometimes that I don't necessarily love. Right, which yeah, that that can kind of. I can see where you're going with that. Um, yeah. I think just in general, though, like it is, it, it was our thing. Like yeah. English is our thing. Yeah, at for the sure. Very basis of it, I think we enjoy it and we like the conversations that are kind of right. being had. So, yeah. Yeah, we don't have to sit here and complain about the classes that we. No, 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 we won't do that. Or or it's not even about the classes per se. Just like certain things that we read, I'm like, I don't like that book or whatever. So, yeah. um, But yeah, I'll I'll say A for that. Okay. And so will you? Okay. Yes. Do you want to do the last one? Yeah, I'll do the last one. D. Can I afford to give up a full time working salary to attend graduate school? That's a that's a big question. That is a huge question, and I guess this is considering like you already have the full-time working salary or you could be doing that as opposed to going to grad school or both. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was not, I was working full-time, but I was not getting paid like this nice fancy salary. I was doing, I know it, it sounds like, oh, you worked at this small locally owned niche little health food store. Yes and no. There was a lot of work that yeah. went into that. I was busting my behind at that store um handling all kinds of had a lot of responsibilities um a lot of things to do a lot of people to um help uh, train and things like that so it was a hard job I'm not gonna lie um I learned a lot like I said but I mean yeah I could easily give that up to go to grad school um now if I had a nice fancy office job making six figures figures a year yeah maybe I could not go to grad school right but um it would depend um what about you Natalie I mean yeah I think um considering the amount of money that you can make while in grad school and all the responsibilities obviously having a full-time working salary would be making a huge sacrifice but in the case that i was in right out of why do i keep saying high school (laughs) right out of undergrad uh living at home Mm -hmm. having a part-time job i mean the motivation really to be a professor was the determining factor yeah. to just say, yeah. you know what, I'm going all in. Yeah. So, like I yeah. could, it would be better for me to go to grad school and then work up my way to being a professor than staying at a job, at a job working as a manager at a health food store. You know, like yeah. the benefits seem to outweigh the fact that I wouldn't be making, you know, as much money in grad school, which right. I did not make as much money in grad school. I right. can assure you right. that. Um, but yeah, and grad school is hard too. It's a different kind of hard. I just mm-hmm. said, you know, the store was hard yeah. and, and it was, and it was, um, but grad school was a different kind of hard yeah. um, that I would be, yeah, that I would be willing to give up yeah. a job. Um, just, it depends on what kind of job, yeah. but because I didn't have like this fancy six-figure job it was easier to make that decision Mm -hmm. but if you are making a good wage doing whatever it is you're doing Mm -hmm. you know that's something to consider yeah it's also important to consider if you have a family right you know are you supporting children could you afford to give up you know a nicer job with a good salary in order to get kind of a downgrade and pay to go yeah. to grad school while you have to support children yeah. or a spouse you know that's all different things to consider natalie and i didn't have right we don't have kids yeah. um and natalie wasn't married at the time nope. so it was it made that decision that much easier mm-hmm. and i think that's in that uh, not having kids or a spouse and things like that make it easier to decide if I had kids and a family and a husband um yeah that would have definitely been a big factor into the financial aspect of it because then you have people you're taking care of exactly yeah yeah um I thought that that quiz was really like good I know a lot of really good questions I think so too um so now we're gonna move into okay so yeah you've decided yeah I definitely want to go to grad school what is the first step you should take 
So really the biggest thing is what is it that you want to study? So kind of like we were talking about earlier, we decided, you know, we want to be lit professors. We want to be literature mm-hmm. professors. I obviously decided to do something else while I was in grad in for my master's. Um, but when you sort of know, oh, I like British literature. Oh, I like American literature. I like this field or this specific part of the field. You have to just start honestly Googling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just start yeah. really plugging in masters in x Mm -hmm. and seeing what schools have what you want to look for or Mm -hmm. what you want to study right Mm -hmm. right and so just kind of coming up with a list another place that you can go is your professors yeah asking your professors hey i'm really interested in this subject and i want to go to grad school Mm-hmm. what are some of your recommendations maybe yeah. schools they went to schools their friends or colleagues went to that pursued yeah. the same thing that, schools that they even applied to yeah 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 schools they applied to maybe didn't get accepted for whatever reason or they or, just decided not to go yeah or just turned down the offer yeah mm-hmm. so honestly google search that's really what i did yeah, masters i think in, that's what i did as well yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then obviously your professors yes are great if you have like a good relationship with the professor, asking yeah. them to help you navigate the application process is really helpful. Yeah. So once you sort of identify maybe four or five schools that study the thing mm-hmm. that you want to do, what's the next step? I would say considering the location. Yes. So how did you decide that you wanted to do your master's? at texas a&m and what other schools did you apply to okay yeah so i applied i want to say if i think back i think i applied to seven schools total oh my gosh Uh, look i I don't know why i did that to myself i'm trying to think of all where i applied i applied at ul which is where i got my undergrad as like my quote-unquote safety option even though like how could i have even said that they could have rejected me like just as well as any school right um, I applied to Texas A&M. Right. I applied to Rice. I applied to Ole Miss. I applied to George Washington University in D.C. And I applied to, I think, Georgetown. I don't know where I got it in my brain that I could like apply to these like fancy schools, but <laughs> I did. And um, I got rejected from Rice, which was not shocking. I got rejected from Ole Miss, which was shocking. I got rejected from Georgetown. That's three schools. Where did I get in? I got into UL, A&M, George Washington University. What am I missing? Oh, and UL. I got into UL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I say that already? Oh, okay. Hmm. I'm missing a school then. What did I How many? Georgetown, George Washington, Ole Miss, UL, A&M, Rice, and there was one more. I don't remember. And now I don't remember what it was. It's okay. Regardless, I got into... three Mm -hmm. schools then so george washington university which was my top choice Mm -hmm. i will say um and then texas a&m and ul right Mm okay um ul was my last choice i didn't want to return not because i didn't like it not because i didn't have a great time at ul but i just wanted to branch out and do something do something different Mm -hmm. live on my own get out of my mom and dad's house you know Mm -hmm. i really wanted to go to george washington university like this was I was so excited when I found out I got it. And why? Why? I love DC. So location. I I love DC. And also like fancy. Oh, TCU. Huh. Oh, that's that's right. That was my other one. And I got rejected from TCU not because of an actual rejection. They were having some weird funding things going on. And they just were like, they just decided like, oh, we're not accepting new Mm -hmm. master's students. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So how could I forget? How could I forget TCU? Um... I did get accepted into George Washington. I was really excited. Um, I really wanted to go to D.C. I didn't care that it was going to be really far away from home. Okay. Because um, that's a huge factor thinking yeah, about being away from I home. I was like super gung-ho. In fact, I thought that if I didn't get into grad school, my next step in life was going to be trying to get like an internship with like the congressman or something. Like I, I really wanted to be in D.C. Um and george washington university was like hey so here's the deal for funding Mm -hmm. we're gonna um pay for your tuition in full but that's it 
So I wasn't going to get a stipend, which at the time I thought, well, I don't know if I can work and be in grad school and I'd have no choice but to work because I can't just have free tuition, which is like a huge expense taken off of me because, you know, George Washington, George Washington University is a very expensive school, but DC is a very expensive place to live. Right. And that's why we bring up the the conversation of location, because even though they have Mm -hmm. the program that you'd like to pursue, location becomes a huge factor. So then I get the letter from A&M and fun fact, I actually didn't even want to open it. They sent it in the mail. Like they didn't put it on, like it wasn't like a, see your, your letter online. It was like, they sent it in the mail and my mom was like, Oh, you got a letter from Texas A&M. And I said, throw it in the trash. I got rejected. Like I was really <laughs> discouraged. I think A&M was the first school I heard back that I got a acceptance letter. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, just throw it in the trash. Like it's a rejection. Like it doesn't matter. Like at this point I was just really discouraged. And she was like, if you don't sit down and open that letter right now. And I opened it and it was like congratulations and I was like what so um but yes I did decide to go to A&M because they were offering a discounted version of the tuition that I would have to pay and a monthly stipend um so that was more affordable for me in the long run um and you know there was a benefit of it being closer to home um the drive back and forth to from College Station to Louisiana like still sucked. Don't get me wrong, but um, but much easier than having to like figure out flights and paying for flights and all that stuff. So in the long run, just a better financial decision for me. Um, apartments are way cost of living is way cheaper in College Station. Um, you know all of that now is College Station as exciting as Washington D.C. Absolutely not. <laughs> um. So, but you know what? When you're in grad school, truthfully, you're not going out every weekend and doing stuff all the time anyway. So it really, it it wasn't that big of a damper on my downtime, I guess you could say. Uh, But I I would have loved to have gone to George Washington U. I really would have. Um, But it just, I could not see. I had gotten through all of my undergrad debt-free Um, like I said, I worked a lot to pay for school myself, um, living at home helped of course. Uh, but I couldn't see getting through four years of undergrad completely debt-free only to go and like put myself in a ton of debt for this really expensive, fancy school, um, and having to deal with that. I just couldn't justify it. So A&M, I knew I could go get the degree debt-free and move on with my life. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, you bring up a lot of good points. Um, When I applied for my master's program, I applied to three schools. Okay. I did my undergrad at the University of Houston, so I applied there. Mm -hmm. I applied at TCU, Mm -hmm. and I applied at Oklahoma State University. Mm -hmm. University of Houston, I did not want to go there, even though it was home. Mm-hmm. Like my parent, like I, com- I was a commuter student, so I commuted to University of Houston mm-hmm. every single time I had class. Um, I wanted just something different. Um, maybe you'll. I'm just gonna go ahead and share this now. I don't like Houston, so I wanted to get out. But I was also <laughs> in a very serious relationship when I was, um, well, the the man that I'm married to now. But like at the time, like obviously we were just dating, and so, um. I had to consider, well, what is this going to look like if I leave? So I applied to University of Houston because, I mean, I knew it. I did my undergrad there. It's quote unquote my safety school in a way. Yeah. Except I got rejected. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I did. Wow. Um, Well, who cares? And I applied to TCU because my husband went to TCU and I would hear him just talk all about TCU and, you know, all these great things. Yeah. TCU accepted me, but they didn't, they didn't offer me a stipend. Okay. So we both have a similar And I couldn't afford to go. I couldn't afford to go. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I kind of don't even think they offered to pay my tuition. If I'm going to be honest with you, because when I was doing the math, I was like, there's no way I can afford to do this. I'm interested. What year did you apply to? um... It was 2017. So it was like 2016 when I was applying and I graduated in May 2017. Okay, yeah, because you so went straight in. Okay, because mine would have been, I, I think I submitted all of my applications 
in 2017 going into 2018 like that year yeah like that fall it was 2017 yeah so, yeah, so a year later yeah. so yeah but yeah. they didn't even have funding at tcu for yeah. the mas so they were like we're not accepting anybody because yeah. we can't even give funding so i don't know what was going on there yeah so bottom line i couldn't afford it yeah. so i didn't go um and i applied to oklahoma state because i had a professor who i was talking to about me wanting to go to grad school and he suggested go to a university out of state and i was like yes. i can't afford out of state funding oh can we bring up this other point real quick yeah. before i forget about it a lot of your professors will tell you to apply to schools like don't go to the same school you got your bachelor's yeah. at or at least if you're going to get your ma at the same school you need to get your phd somewhere else which which we can have a whole other yeah. talk about that. I just want but to mention a, it. No, but, but that is a good, good um, piece of advice because it does kind of vary up your CV yeah. as to where that way you haven't gotten like you didn't work with the same old professors for every degree. Like it's yeah. just it's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that. But um, so, yeah, my professor was like, you need to apply to a school out of state. And I was like, I can't afford to pay out of state tuition and I don't want to be too far away from my parents. And so what ended up happening was I applied to Oklahoma State. So I was like, it's in mm-hmm. Oklahoma. It's like eight hours from Houston on a drive. You know, let's go for it. And I got accepted. And when I got accepted, they offered me my tuition was paid. Mm-hmm. And they were giving me a stipend. But I had to work in the writing center. Right. And and or we can get into the mechanics of that later um teach first year composition okay for and us it, at AM, it was just uh taing yeah yeah um which so is no how they, no teaching no teaching yeah which is how they like are able to pay give you. you yeah yeah so i should have mentioned that when i no it's fine i forgot no okay. no, no i mean it's it's all good but yeah so they had the lit program and i knew they had the assistantships which i wanted experience teaching because that is important and so I decided I was going to go to Oklahoma State. And that's how I ended up there. And location-wise, as far as, like, the things that Dallas brought up, obviously the university would be paying me and I wouldn't have to pay my tuition. The cost of living in Oklahoma State is very cheap. Uh, still to this day, it's very affordable. And I lived on campus, and so the rent was even cheaper. Um, and then I... I didn't necessarily want to move away that was too far, but my boyfriend at the time, now my husband, was very supportive of letting me, you know, go off, mm-hmm. get your degree, yeah. we'll figure out the long distance thing, um, which obviously if we were married, that would be a different story, right. thinking about his job and, you know, what he's doing, but we weren't, um, so I decided yeah, Oklahoma State honestly offered me the best package. Yeah. And that's where I decided to go. They had the degree yeah. that I wanted. Yeah. Location was fine. Stillwater, Oklahoma is not the most poppin' town. But I had a great time. So, um, yeah, location-wise, it was fine. Cost mm-hmm. was obviously being offered to me. And cost of living yeah. was cheap. Location yeah. is, uh, again, with the distance where I was from my family, my loved yeah. ones. Um, and that's how I decided yeah. to go to Oklahoma State. I so. wish A&M would have paid my tuition. Yeah. That's Oklahoma nice. Oklahoma State did pay Basically, the way A&M worked is that you'd get, like, a discounted tuition. But it was still a ballpark, like... I want to say like $3,000 a semester, again, ballpark. Um, yeah. But the money you'd make with your assistantship kind of made up for that. Right. So you'd basically make the money you spent back. Right. So it's technically free, but you weren't. Yeah, like, yeah. but it wasn't yeah. like free and. Right. It was like right. free in the sense that like you'll make that money back, but you're basically not getting anything extra. Right. Which is where the year off came in really handy because I was able to save up a good chunk of money to help me through that time. And then eventually I just got a job in college station. So, well, and like part of the conversation that we've been having, like has been sort of talking about location, but I think like the next biggest thing is the cost. And we've kind of covered that. So we can just kind of like briefly gloss over that one, but thinking about what they're offering you, can you afford to keep going into debt? Can you Mm -hmm. afford to go into debt? You know, whatever it is, I did not have to go into debt. 
same. And another thing my professors, when I was an undergrad, advised um, advised me of was they, they all told me, go where you get the most funding. Exactly. Um, now, whether or not you want to abide by that rule mm-hmm. is not my business, but um, I definitely, I, actually, you know, I did not abide by that. I did not abide by that rule because really the best, the most affordable, financially smart option for me would have been to stay at home and go to UL again. Um, UL like offered me, they were like, where do you want to work? Do you want to work in the library? Do you want to teach? Do you want a TA? Like they were offering me like basically everything plus like the free tuition plus the stipend or I don't remember if the tuition was free actually don't quote me on that but um they were like literally giving it was me, a better package it was a better package they were literally offering me like whatever I wanted essentially um as far as like what kind of job I wanted to do for the stipend and all this stuff um but I still turned them down um I just think financially yes that would have been the best option but had I, would I have grown as much as a scholar, as a person, you know, as a student? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I definitely chose the best financial option. Yeah. Um, because TCU wasn't paying me anything. And then I obviously didn't get accepted to University of yes. Houston. Um, so I definitely did stick by that. But I would agree, like personally, even though I can understand some like specific reasonings why you would but i would recommend don't go into debt for your degree right yeah um unless you know that the payout at the end is going to be enough to pay it back yes yes that i I would agree there which unfortunately Um, is the downside of being in the humanities because a lot of times there is this idea that we don't make a lot of money on the other end which is true in some cases not it true depends in others. on it what school depends. where you know what your yeah rank as professor is i yeah, suppose yeah. Um, so, I, I, yeah and i mean this is of course like this depends on what kind of schooling you're going into um if you're going into like like my best friend from high school she is an occupational therapist and she went to um school for occupational therapy which is uh technically a uh, master's program i believe but they didn't provide funding she had to take out loans yeah. Yeah. um so she does have student debt she didn't have it for undergrad but she had to, like she had to have that for um for her occupational therapy um but she's making really good money as an no, occupational yeah. therapist paying that off is not going to be it's not going to set her back so much um same for i I guess if you're going to medical school as well, I don't think medical school provides funding really. Um, I think a lot of those, a lot of medical doctors and stuff, they have to take out loans. So it just depends. I think if you're going more into a scholarly academic, um, humanities humanities, or if you're doing like, um, you know, a science degree in some capacity, like, and you know, you want to work in the university, those kinds of upper, um, you know, graduate degrees, uh, do tend to pay their students for TAing or research or whatever. Um, Right. And we can, this is really where we'd like the opportunity to interview with like other grad students so that they can sort of speak into that more. Yeah, because we don't really know as much about that side of it. But um, generally, I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of the gist of that. Yeah. 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 Do we want to sort of wrap up just by talking about like sort of the basic like paperwork of grad school letters of recommendation applications yes so those types of things yeah so i want to say for like a basic application is going to include the actual application you know name date of birth social security whatever like that kind of basic stuff typically three letters of recommendation typically a writing sample or some sort of project or a project for us english folk it's typically a writing sample 10 some of want like a 10 page writing sample others want a 20 page writing sample yeah. so that depends um a cv which is your academic resume so not just a typical resume one that's just serving your academic uh yeah needs, goals and goals. that's sort of gonna kind of speak yeah. into what you're trying yeah. to do and why you um, want to do it yeah yeah and, and a statement missing, of purpose a statement of purpose which is 
yeah yeah statements of purpose i think we can maybe hone in on that one a little bit because obviously like the letters and the sample or the sample letters and projects are going to sort of pertain to what your university is asking your department is asking same with uh letters of recommendation like Mm -hmm. those types of things but with statements of purpose and i this one's one that i actually don't know if all what program sort of require i'm gonna assume this seems like well why do you want to go here yeah to me it would be applicable to any degree or any any department rather um right and so i think for this one the advice that we would give and we can speak into our um experiences before we wrap up is just doing a little bit of research on the types of professors that are there and who you might want to work with um and sort of imagining yourself in a position in the future so that you're showcasing yeah i've sort of thought about like why going to your specific institution studying this specific thing is going to help me to achieve yeah. the goal that i want to achieve right. when i finish this yeah so yeah that's basically what your statement of purpose mm-hmm. is it's here's why i want to come to grad school essentially without saying here's why i want to come to grad right. school um and yes putting down like what your academic interests are why you decided to go to grad school um and you might not have this big interest that you can speak to if you're going from like undergrad applying to a master's um i know i didn't so i kind of opened my statement of purpose for my master's program with like so i used to do ballet i've done ballet growing up like all my life so mine opened up with like i didn't even know what i wanted to do when i got to college because i know i talked about it last time i wanted to go to law school blah 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 um but before i had made that decision i was like i don't know what i want to go to college for because i had done ballet my whole life i just kind of didn't really think about i knew i wanted to go to college but i just didn't really think like about what i really seriously wanted to do as a career um because when i was little ballet seemed like the trajectory and then when i realized like now i'm actually not talented enough for that or dedicated enough for that um i was like now what do i do like it was sort of a scramble so i kind of wrote about in my cv or cv my statement of purpose sorry um i thought i was gonna be a ballet dancer professionally and then when i realized like hey actually that's not what i want to do um i'd rather go to school and you know, put my efforts in schooling. And then I talked about like what my more scholarly interests were, a paper, like we had a big capstone project at the end. I kind of talked about that paper and then mentioned professors. So you will have to change up your statement of purpose for each school, you know, um, saying like, I, I think this professor's work is really interesting. I'd like to explore this idea more and you can still keep it broad. Like I really love 19th uh, century American literature and I see you know this professor and this professor studying that I'd love to work with them and get more knowledge on this field Um, things like that you can um, keep it kind of open like that if you're really kind of still not sure now when you're going into a PhD program my little story about wanting to be a ballet dancer what wouldn't have cut it you know (laughs) Um, but by that point I had gotten enough schooling under my belt and enough of a focus that I wanted to study that it was easier to talk about more of my scholarly interests in that way Um, because your statement of purpose is short it's usually no more than two pages so you don't and and that's double spaced Mm -hmm. so you don't have a lot of space you got to hit the high notes um, as fast as you can to make your um, statement of purpose stand out and the reason why you want to come to that particular school stand out so you don't have a lot of space to try and fit a lot of information so that's where that's why those are really tricky to write um and maybe honestly i wouldn't be embarrassed if we did another episode if i read my um statement of purpose on the podcast the one that i submitted to tcu because i wouldn't make sense to read the others because it didn't doesn't matter but um yeah i can yeah, do that for sure fun yeah yeah i think for statement of purpose um I really like how Dallas was talking about like coming from undergrad to grad and like not really having that experience and more having like a dream and an idea. And the fact that she made a connection between like ballet and just kind of keeping it real. Like, I don't really know. Yeah. These are the types of things that I'd rather pursue. I was just very upfront and just saying, I want to teach. I want to be a professor. Teaching is the reason why I want to go to grad school. And like, yes, I could teach public school which is totally fine, but that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to, right. I, I wanted to want to be a college professor and work with college kids. 
And so that really guided my my approach, the way that I yeah. just straight up just said it. Like, this is why I want to be here. And this is why I think your university and this specific program is going to help me do that. And so statements of purpose are very direct. They are very short. Um, but if you're just sort of honest about how what you want to do and how the university and the department is going to help you achieve those goals, that's really all they need that's to all, know. That's all they need to know. Yeah. And just making connections. Like yeah. you said, um, I want to work with so-and-so professors and expand my knowledge on X. And you know what? It's going to sound very cookie cutter, but that's okay. Because ultimately, that's not the only thing speaking to them about you mm-hmm. they see your grades you know you know, oh yeah you your transcript that's a whole other thing you yeah, have to submit yeah. too i knew there was something i was missing transcripts <laughs> i mean like applications sample letters or projects anything that they might want to see your yeah. you know work on yeah. and then letters of recommendation i think we can probably close on that one because yeah. that one letters of recommendation go a long way yeah they and really they can do. and that's another like stressful part of like when you know your transcript filling out the application and your cv and your writing sample are all pretty straightforward um right like those things like, even if your writing sample let's just say like it's a 45 page paper and they only need 20 pages just submit 20 out of the 45 pages and right, just, just put a note down. at the end and say like hey this is this is just an excerpt of a longer paper like all that stuff's fairly easy it's the statement of purpose and asking for the letters of rec that are like the most nerve-wracking i think yeah um have you asked a professor for a letter of rec and they told you no 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 all my letters all of them told you yes yep did you have one that said no? I did, but I don't think she said no because she didn't think I was worthy of like writing a letter mm. of rec for. Um, it was a professor who was actually retiring, and oh, she was sense. like, get, and she wasn't from Louisiana; she was from I think Alabama, mm. and she was like ready, like she was packing up, was ready getting to ready go. to go, getting <laughs> ready to move. She was like, "What schools are you applying to?" And I gave her the list of like all my million schools, and she was like, "Oh, I thought you were just applying to UL. In that case, I'll have to pass." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. But um, again, like she was like, "I'm getting ready to retire." Like, yeah, those I wanna... instances were seemed very. Yeah, she was like, "I need, yeah. I ain't got time for this. I'm ready to." split so in that case yes um and i did have an issue with one of the professors who agreed to write me a letter of rec i couldn't get in touch with her Mm -hmm. like she went like mia after she agreed to do it and um so i had to kind of last minute ask a different professor to do it and luckily they agreed Mm -hmm. um i also had that issue applying to phd programs where um, well, I applied to PhD programs twice, I'll say. So I did it for um, my last year of my MA. I applied to some schools and then like didn't get into any schools that I wanted to get into. This is a topic for another day. So I basically took another year off in between and worked again and then reapplied to some of these schools and other schools um, for the following year. And the first time I applied, I had my three letters Um, easy peasy no problem and then the second time I went to apply one of those professors actually left the school and was doing something completely not even related to academia anymore Um, but I didn't know that so I don't know if she just didn't respond because she wasn't at the university anymore Um, like I literally never heard from her ever period whatever at all so um, I had to again reach out to another professor last minute and I told him I was like look hey, I'm asking you to do this. I know it's last minute, but I can't get in touch with this other professor who I really thought would do it for me and had agreed to do it last time and they're MIA. I'm not asking you because I think you're like less worthy of doing the letter of rec. I just thought this person was going to be available to do it and they haven't responded to any of my emails. And she was like, yeah, I'll I'll gladly write you a letter um, since you can't get in touch with so-and-so. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So um, sometimes you got to just make sure you have backup people you know you can ask in case something like that happens. Um, yeah. Because other people, it's hard to rely on other people, um, even though they know that they need to do this thing for you and maybe they even already agreed to it. But if they're not responding to you and they're not doing what they said they were going to do, um, it causes some nerves. It, it's it's definitely nerve wracking because these applications yeah. have deadlines. And yeah. I also will say the first time I applied to PhD programs, one of that same professor who went AWOL on me 
submitted my letter late like by a few days mm-hmm. after everything was due mm-hmm. she submitted the letter late and i like had emailed her so many times i was like hey just wondering if we got that rec letter in and um she emailed me back like i don't know how many days later and was like i am so sorry so she sent my letter of rec and like emailed the university and was like please don't penalize this student this is on me like blah 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 so they accepted everything and it was actually a program i kind of got rejected to i got rejected from their phd program but accepted into their master's program so i don't really know what that means but regardless it didn't penalize my chances um so there is that as well where they if everything else on your end is due but the person who's submitting the letter of rec they have like a little bit of a grace period and that's kind of out of your control but if you're like not hearing from that person they're completely awol i would just recommend having someone as a backup you could ask because learn my lesson with that for yeah. sure yeah i honestly didn't have any issues with anybody like pertaining my letters of recommendation um, I asked professors that I took multiple classes with, yeah. maybe found like mentorship, like had like a mentorship sort of relationship with yeah, them. Definitely. Um, I think the the biggest thing would be just making sure that you are keeping in communication with them when their mm-hmm. letter of recommendation is due because yeah. they've been through this process for themselves. Yeah. Like yeah. they know what it's like to ask in that pos- to be in that position to ask. Um, yeah. But they also might all be serving um as a letter write a, a letter writer for other students Correct. that you need to make sure you need to have clear communication as to when things are due and of course when you apply you hit like a button for your letter of rec like you enter their information and you hit like this thing it'll say like send like so and so email that you know it they need to submit their letter so yeah. it doesn't the system when, when you're applying will notify them mm-hmm. but i would still email them case. and just say like hey i just submitted my application um the deadline just a reminder the deadline for everything is due on blah 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 day Mm -hmm. um but you should have gotten the request to submit the letter of rec like there's nothing wrong with like a follow-up email instead of just relying on the actual system to send them the thing saying they need to submit their letter of rec but yeah yeah no i think that that's yeah it doesn't it's not going to be a bad thing if yeah. you ask for... If there's one thing I'm great at, it's spamming people's emails, reminding them that I need them to do something for me. Yeah, and they're used to it. They know that, yeah. you know... Sometimes they need that reminder, you yeah. know, so... Oh, sometimes they definitely need Because professors reminder. are busy. Yeah, and, they have um, lives. You have every... You know, if they've agreed to it, just make sure that you're kind in your emails and just yeah. send them a little friendly reminder. Yeah. And then you don't need off. to be like, yo, so and so, where's my letter? Why didn't you do it? Right. You know, don't do that. <laughs> you know, just gently just was making sure we're on track yeah, with everything. They're doing you, you know, you're, they're doing, they're you, doing a you a favor. I mean, they are. And letters of recommendation are huge. And we can talk about this like we can have an episode of like whether or not you want to go get a PhD uh in another episode so we can talk about sort of our experience yeah. with that because my letters of recommendation for that had a huge impact had a bigger impact than they did for my master's how do you know oh i know I'll, we can talk about this it. is going to be a whole episode because another thing that i will say with letters of recommendation is that you have to waive your right or you don't have to i suppose it's preferred that you waive your right from looking at what mm-hmm. the professor said in those letters um yeah so we could have a whole episode dedicated to this because I have stories about other yeah. things with letter re- letters of recommendation no, just generally. Whole- <laughs> um, yeah, we could have a whole episode on this, but I, I feel like I've blabbed so much, so I guess we can wrap I it up. I feel like we've covered all the bases. I mean, you know, you've questioned, we've asked like whether or not you want to go to grad school. Okay, you've decided that you do. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you want to do covering sort of different schools to pick making sure they have your focus or degree plan the Mm -hmm. location the cost and then all the things that have to do application wise and i know we didn't get in depth about like the transcript and the cv and all of that but um i think we could always talk about that later but i think the two main things that are always the most stressful when applying it's definitely the letters and the statement of purpose yeah after you figured out the location yeah after you figured out what like what schools you want to go to it's just getting those materials and it can be really stressful it can and i will find my old um statement of purpose for tcu and i'll read it 
I don't have my statements of purpose for masters anymore. I don't think I have one on my masters either, but, but I, I should do. have my. Um, we'll have a whole episode on PhD. I'll look in on my old laptop and see if I have my ones from my masters, but I definitely have ones from PhD that I should still ha- have access to. So I'll definitely look through those and we can read them and cringe. Love it. Okay. Okay. That'll be another episode. Um, All right. Well, thank you for listening. I hope that this is helpful. And if there are any topics or, you know, stuff that you want us to cover in regard to um, graduate school, you can email us at the PhD to be podcast at gmail.com. You can find it in like the bio of the podcast too, where okay, you kind perfect. of like know. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be there. It'll be yeah, there. Send us an email or anything that you just reach out and let us know if there's anything you want us to cover yeah. in regards to grad school. But other than that, I think we're good. I think so. Awesome. Alrighty. Bye. Bye everyone. Bye.